Welcome to Five Strike Weekly. The King returns and a teenage goalkeeper saves our butt. We recap the first win of season five and delve into the news from the past week. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Strike Fam. I'm AJ and I'll be joined later by a special guest, Chris. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. So first up, let's talk Jeff Lorenowitz retiring officially. I think we all kind of maybe saw it coming a little bit, but uh, yeah, when he wasn't offered a contract by Atlanta United, well, I think the writing seemed to be on the wall. But uh, yes, he, he did announce this on social media, which is perplexing because uh, he doesn't really have any official social media. So uh, that is kind of a uh, kind of how did he do that? Uh, it was sent through somebody else. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, kind of officially posted out there that way. Uh, and on Twitter, he did uh, pretty much give a... Uh, a kind of parting, uh, kind of almost eulogy to his MLS career, uh, thanking a lot of his coaches, uh, notably Tata Martino as well on Atlanta United. He did not really thank uh, some of the other Atlanta United coaches, but all good. Uh, we won't look too much into that. Uh, maybe, maybe that's a good thing. But uh, yes, uh, Lorenowitz does leave. MLS as a very pretty much uh, yeah storied winner. Uh, he won MLS Cups with not only Atlanta United but also with Colorado Rapids. Uh, he was you know drafted by the New York or New England Revolution and he was part of that uh, run where they made four straight MLS Cups that they didn't uh, didn't quite win. But uh, either way, he's. Just a uh, you know a guy that uh, you know from the very beginning struggled uh, with only making about thirteen thousand dollars a year on that uh, kind of MLS minimum, and he fought through the MLSPA to make sure that the minimum uh, for the players uh, for MLS were getting the right due because it is uh, pretty difficult uh, even back then in about what around 2004 2005 uh, to be able to yeah live on $13,000 I mean you pretty much have to pick up a, a side gig to be able to you know do your thing but yeah he's known uh, around MLS circles as very much a uh, clubhouse guy that uh, is Rye with his humor. He definitely uh, is always quoted as one of the best and funniest characters on the team. But on the pitch, he's a guy that's defensively, as a midfielder, uh, one of the best. One of the best to do it ever in MLS for sure. Uh, he finishes his career in MLS with 437 career regular season appearances. And he's only the second field player in league history to reach that number. So definitely he has a storied career in MLS for sure. Uh, for me, yeah, he's got a lot of 
beautiful moments for Atlanta United, but his best moments, oh, it's uh, we got to pick from a few, I think. And uh, it's got to be that Rocket versus Club America in the Campeones Cup. That's uh, definitely in there. Uh, one of the other moments maybe off the pitch was his Who Has Beer sign in the MLS Cup Parade, uh, which... Yes, uh, legendary, which, uh, you know, who knew at that point that, uh, you know, he was that nefarious. But, uh, and then the uh, another one's got to be the absolute manhandling of one of the New York Red Bulls players. Just shoving him to the ground like he's a little doll. Uh, that had to be one of the other kind of hilarious moments that, uh, yes, Big Red the Enforcer, uh, definitely he... You know, made sure that no one, uh, you know, no one could give Atlanta United shit. And, uh, yeah, he definitely made sure of that. I think it's got to be uh, for the best moments. Uh, I mean, yeah, you win MLS Cup and then you uh, just get into the shenanigans. And so definitely uh, the who has beer sign has got to be top for me because at that point, you know, you know you're a winner. You know you're a serial winner. And, uh, yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> Just knows how to have fun while also being a, uh, a serious player on the pitch. Definitely, uh, you know, as well, he was our captain for the 2019 and 2020 seasons. Or the 2000, yeah, 2020 seasons, rather. But either way, uh, he's been a leader for us for a long time. And I think Atlanta United history would never be the same if Jeff Lorenowitz was not included in it. Uh, you know, coming as a free agent from LA Galaxy, it's, uh, you know, one of our best signings ever. He uh, has solidified our midfield for pretty much the duration he was with Atlanta United. And uh, it is uh, bittersweet to see Jeff Loretowitz go into retirement, but it is, I think, justly done. He, uh, yeah, received plaudits from everyone all over the MLSosphere and uh yeah it's uh you know I think well deserved and best to him in retirement but uh let's move on from that and Atlanta United have announced that uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium will open to 50% capacity for the April 24th home opener against the Chicago Fire uh the future capacity will be evaluated on a match by match basis but uh, that might seem a little bold by some people's uh, estimations as, I mean, yes, a lot of people are getting vaccinations and so it is getting slightly better. Uh, the 24th is a couple weeks from now. And so, you know, we would expect and hope that uh, more people will be vaccinated. Uh, 50%, yes, uh, probably pretty high, but, uh, you know, I think for that, it's bold. We can maybe just, if you are reticent, probably just don't go. Um, but if you're vaccinated, I mean, the, uh, yeah, CDC has already mentioned that traveling, uh, you know, by plane with vaccinations is already pretty low risk. So that bodes well if, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, what you believe. And so, uh, basically, Katie Griggs, the uh, the chief business officer for LA United, she mentioned that we're excited to be able to kick off our 2021 season at 50% capacity. This allows for seating pods to remain distance from one another while providing more of our season ticket members the opportunity to, 
opportunity to safely attend our first match. So, uh, yeah, there will definitely be health and safety guidelines uh, in place still, and hopefully uh, we all do our part to make sure that everyone is safe and healthy after, before, during, uh, you know, that experience that we no doubt are craving and want to make sure that uh, we can continue to have more of. But let's move on from that. And uh, yeah, some uh, news that really, I think, started to uh, pay off in our match against Alajuelense. But uh, it was announced on Monday that Rocco Rios Novo, 18-year-old goalkeeper, uh, is... Uh, signed to a short-term agreement for the match on Tuesday night. Uh, that four-day contract allows clubs to sign players on loan from their USL affiliate. Uh, for US Open Cup matches, CONCACAF Champions League, Amway Canadian Championship, and Exhibition matches. And so, yeah, he definitely has been, uh, yeah, I think we'll allude to that. And uh, yeah, he was quite useful, we'll say, against Alavolense. Uh, kind of, you know, much of a surprise, but uh, yeah, we can uh, also, we can only sign them to a maximum of four short-term agreements each season, a maximum of 16 days. So if we do want to use him uh, for the next match, it will be counting as another four days. So, uh, you know, we'll have a limited amount of him to see unless we sign him to a first team contract. So it will be interesting. But uh, another player that was signed on a semi-guaranteed one-year contract uh, with two additional option years was defender right back Jack Gurr, uh, the 25-year-old defender. He joins us from Atlanta United 2, and he's the fifth player to sign from Atlanta United 2. That's uh, a huge congrats because, yeah, Gurr, he's been in and around Georgia and uh, a few of our teams uh, for a while, and uh, yeah, he was part of Georgia Gwinnett, uh, four-year starter for them. Uh, he played for the Georgia Revolution as well locally, and uh, yeah, I had noticed that he had been a follower of not only LA United, but us uh, during that time and before he was signed to LA United too. It's uh, very much, uh, he's one of us for sure. He uh, might be a Jordy in uh, that respect where he uh, roots for the tunes in uh, Newcastle United, but he also is a five-stripe through and through. So it's great to see this kid be able to come through and, yeah, uh, get his chance because he has been balling out locally and for LA United too. Uh, and he's definitely, I think, in a position of need. So, you know, definitely why not? Uh, let's move on to an update for Alan Franco, who, uh, yeah, it's uh, still hasn't been announced. He's in quarantine, so it's uh, one of those things. He pretty much been he's been chilling at the Omni Hotel in the Battery, uh, sipping some morning mate uh, in his hotel. But he is no doubt thinking, when will this be over? But Matias Martinez did report that he has passed his physical. And that uh, the deal is on. Uh, Hainze did incorrectly say that he was already signed a couple weeks ago, or probably like three weeks ago now, but uh, that's incorrect. It's still not official, still waiting on the league approval. But uh, yes, he uh, has been reportedly signed for $2.8 million for 100% of the players' rights. 
But if he is sold, Independiente get 50% of the transfer fee for anything over 2.8 million. And so, for instance, if he was sold for 4 million, then Independiente get $600,000. Uh, that's like 4 million minus 2.8 times 50%. And that's according to Cesar Luis Merlo. So, uh, yeah, pretty good deal. It's uh, a guy that uh, definitely was going to go for more in previous times, but. During a pandemic, it's quite the steal. So uh, let's move on from that. And MLS Cup clubs can now have two more substitutes available for suspected head injuries. Uh, yeah, of course, we get three regular ones uh, normally. But now uh, we're sticking it out with the five regular substitutes from last season. Uh, no doubt because kind of the pandemic is, uh, you know... Obviously still happening, so you know we need to uh, make sure that we have uh, the players in the you know right fitness for sure. But uh, yeah, the new concussion substitutes that adds pretty much to seven possible substitutes uh, that you could make. I mean that's pretty pretty high, and I'm sure there will be some tactical things uh, in that in the future that some coaches will try to take advantage of. So we'll see. It'll be uh, fascinating if some uh, some coaches try to maybe, you know, have a player feign an injury and then, you know, have uh, someone else come on, maybe a forward or whatnot, or uh, if they're trying to keep a lead, bring a defender on. So it will be interesting for sure. But anyway, let's move on to LNI 2. And finally, finally, that we have some players that have been linked for a long time officially announced and uh, a couple of those being Ford Matias Benitez from River Plate 2 uh, Benitez uh, yeah he's a Ford 20 years old last season has played uh, last two seasons played with the reserve team uh, he's played in 18 matches nine starts scored five goals uh, yeah and so he will start uh, with LA United 2 and we also have Darwin Mateus who uh, comes from Zamora FC. Uh, he's a Venezuelan. And yes, 19. He uh, spent three years with Zamora. And he totaled 62 appearances. Scored 13 goals across all competitions. And uh, yeah, he's on that same agency that Joseph Martinez is as well. We also signed uh, a midfielder in Chris Allen. He's uh, 22. Uh, he has also... Uh, yeah, he's... Played collegiately at the University of Charleston in West Virginia in 2019. Uh, he's spent time with Sunderland in England as well in their youth academy before coming to the United States. Uh, so he's a guy that comes with a little bit of uh, some European pedigree as well. And then Connor Stanley, who, uh, yes, a Ford, but also, uh, yeah, he... Very interestingly enough, he comes from Manchester United, where he joined the academy in 2000, or in yeah 2018 of August, and uh, he featured 11 times for the U18s in his first season. In his second year, uh, Stanley he made seven appearances and provided three assists, and so the England native made the jump to the U23s this season uh, with Manchester United, and now he comes here. I think uh, those are huge. Uh, in terms of Atlanta 2, 
huge gets, some very interesting prospects, and uh, definitely some very young guys that uh, could turn out to be uh, maybe some first-team players if they play their cards right. So, you know, definitely intriguing nonetheless at LA United 2 this season. And uh, let's wrap this in uh, the news segment up with Jurgen Dom and his TikTok, TikTok uh, you know, video of the trip to Costa Rica. Uh, you know, definitely, I think a lot of people have been clamoring for it and seeing what uh, that trip was like. Uh, very interesting for a lot of it, and most notably that uh, he's a Twilight fan. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it kind of hasn't really been relevant for a while, but Twilight, uh, yes, I don't know if he did it for the banter and just left it in there, or uh, he's actually a fan of Twilight, but uh, yeah, I'm sure people will have some comments on that, so leave them in the comments below. But guys, so let's get into the match review, and I'm joined by Chris, our resident match tweeter on Twitter. What's going on, Chris? Oh, not a whole lot, AJ. Just uh, reveling in a 1-0 uh, win. Indeed it was, yes, 1-0, uh, and it was the first time that Atlanta United won the first competition in a season in our short history, which is uh, pretty ridiculous a little bit, but uh, yeah, as good of seasons as we've had, we don't start seasons very well. Uh, definitely, you know, looking at that Red Bulls uh, 2017, also looking at that Houston Dynamo 4-0 in 2018. Uh. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> there are other examples as well, but we don't need to get into that. We're getting into this CCL no. match against Alajuelense. And yes, uh, it is uh, very interesting because... I think we can add to this that MLS teams, they've only won on the road seven times in CCL since 2012. That's pretty outrageous. And oh. so uh, for us to be able to be on that stat board in that way is quite, quite good. But uh, yes, you alluded to it. It was a 1-0 win. Uh, and we were away at some grounds that weren't really as hostile maybe as they normally are. No fans in the stadium, so that no doubt probably helped a little bit. Uh, and it seemed to play uh, pretty well to our kind of uh, standards. We generally kind of want a, a carpet to play on, and uh, it seemed like pretty good conditions. Not a, uh, a farm field, for sure, so definitely uh, good in that respect. But uh, yeah, we, uh, we started off, I think, pretty decent. 42 minutes of uh, some good... Uh, examples of what we're trying to do under Gabriel Hainsey. Uh, what, what was your opinion of the uh, the first 42 minutes? I mean, I think it was great. It showed we showed a lot of intent, and um, Hainsey was, you know, I was I was just from his his time as a as a player um, and the the times I've seen him, um, you know, coach and whatnot. Um, you know, I was curious to see how he was going to line up. I, I really like what he did with Sosa, and I really like the way our um, our front, I guess you can say, you can technically say front four, just by the way um, that uh, Moreni, Lennon, uh, Lopez, and Barco were kind of interchanging. Um, you know, we were really taking the initiative, um, and it, it, it should have paid off a lot sooner than it did, and it probably should have paid off 
with a, a goal from open play. But either way, I was very impressed with the way that we, we started the game and the way we finished the game. Yeah, because uh, definitely some interesting stats before the uh, the red card that we will most definitely talk about. But, uh, you know, we uh, we had some very, I think, uh, overwhelmingly good uh, numbers before that red card. Uh Shots were in our favor, six to three. Shots on target, three to one for us. Possession was 64-36 us, and key passes were four to one uh, Atlanta United. That's uh, according to Mike Conti on Twitter. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, pretty overwhelming possession stats. But also, I think I would just surmise for sure that everyone can fully agree with this that. Our possession looked a lot more, not only tidy, but purposeful. And, uh, yeah, would you agree with uh, that assessment that, uh, you know, we were definitely, I think, trying to think more forward with our passes? I would definitely agree. And even even when we were playing it in the back, um, you know, we you saw many times um, a lot of the a lot of our, our back line you know they had eyes to the front line and they were they were trying to look to see if something was there and if not you know you play it around um, bounce it through midfield uh, it might come back but we were always looking forward and that's something that you only saw on occasions um with um DeBoer and you really saw maybe a little bit more of glass but this is probably the most I've seen since Tata was coach and um yeah we had a lot more um, we had a lot more passes that seemed to be incisive. And even though we still kind of got caught uh, around the top of the box, kind of looking for that extra pass instead of looking on goal, um, a lot of times, you know, we had people who were making runs to become that extra pass, which is something that we lacked a lot of, I think, last year. Yeah. And uh, I think a feature in uh, pretty much what was happening during that 42 minutes definitely was also Santiago Sosa splitting the center backs, also Licha Lopez dropping deep to collect the ball and uh, spread it out so that uh, we could move forward as a team into their final third. And uh, yeah, I have to say, yeah, we looked uh, as exciting as pretty much, yeah, like you were saying, the Tata days for sure. Um, Yes, definitely. Uh, I think a lot of fans will be very encouraged by those first 42 minutes. But why I keep saying 42 minutes? Because uh, if you didn't watch the match, well, yeah, the 43rd minute happened. And uh, basically a back pass that was a little errant. And uh, yes, uh, you know, Alajolense gets on the ball there. And Guzan pretty much has to take out his man in a way. He... Uh, maybe could have gotten to the ball, possibly, but uh, that was not in the cards, and uh, he fully took out his man. Uh, but a little bit of a fracas, and uh, you know, ref is pretty much holding out a yellow card for about a minute or two uh, while Alajuelense players are surrounding him, and then he pulls out the dreaded red card, which, uh, in your opinion, do you think it's red? Yes, and I, I think I said that too on the in the tweets last night. That yeah, that's that's red. Um, it, and to me, I know that the, there's there's a variance in rules and whatnot. Um, whether you're in the box, out of box, whether you're trying to play the ball or not trying to play the ball. But you know the 
the the bottom line is that you know any kind of contact that um you know doesn't catch the ball and catches the player um and it's a it's a blatantly obvious um opportunity to be either one-on-one with a keeper or one-on-one with a uh one-on-one with an open net it's most of the time a ref's going to give that red card and unfortunately for guzan he was the recipient of it um brings back brings back a couple of uh bad memories from um a certain champions league final in the early 2000s for me but um sure (laughs) i completely uh understand where you're coming from there us being yeah. both Arsenal fans, yes, uh, yep, yep, so, yep. But yeah, I mean, it was red, and I, and I, I get it. And we, and they said in the broadcast that we've been living dangerously, and we had. I can tell you that for the first half an hour of that match, um, neither team played well. Um, and when it came to in the back, they, they were always all the passes that I saw. Um, you know, probably about half of them were risky, and we just happened to get burned on that. Um, we should have burnt them on theirs a couple of times too, but um, yeah, I'm, if Guzan, I mean, it's it's kind of twofold. If if Guz hadn't gotten the red card, we would have never seen Rios Novo um, and his uh, heroics last night either. Indeed, and uh, yes, nice uh, segue to Rocco's <laughs> Rios Novo or Rocco Rios Novo, but uh, yeah, 18 year old steps in. He's on a short term agreement that he just signed on Monday. Uh, some could argue that he probably is our fourth string goalkeeper, but uh, yeah, Can Lungard didn't make the trip, and uh, maybe he was being a, a, you know rewarded for you know his uh, good performances during preseason, in which yeah he did uh, you know show out a good bit. Uh, he did start the very first uh, match in that uh, kind of four kind of uh, four-period friendly at the Benz versus Charleston Battery and looked good. So it could have been that. Uh, I don't think anyone would have expected that he would have been called to action so quickly. But alas, he did. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it is one of those things where, uh, boy, did he show out, though. Um, oh. I mean, to be fair, some of those shots were, uh, you know, right at him. But, uh, you know, I think he looked composed in that box. What did you think? Yeah, no, I would agree. I think the the first free kick that he kind of fumbled, it kind of had me nervous for the rest of this game. Um, but he did well um, to position himself. I think that was one of the biggest takeaways for me is that his positioning was spot on. Um, you know, the shots may have been right at him, but he was not caught out. It wasn't until the last um, seven minutes or so that, that the saves that he was just making where he was getting low and like, you know, putting, putting his, uh, making his arms, uh, you know, and his shoulders as wide as they can be and stopping yeah, those point blade shots. Yeah. yeah. It just, I mean, it, I can tell you, that was, there is, there is, there's a period of time where there was a lot of doubt at, for the last 10 minutes. And, um, you know, after seeing those saves, um, you know, we were getting the stoppage time, and I was like, I think we got this. Um, right. but, it, but prior to that, I was just, I was very nervous because he hadn't been tested, really. Everything's been right at him, like you said. So, um, but no, he did well. He did really well, and I think he did well enough to at least earn another look, um, an elongated look, I should say. Yeah, and that's really what's going to be interesting, too, uh, kind of slightly looking forward, is uh, who gets the nod between the sticks. 
he definitely has, I think, earned uh, a very longer look, at least uh, in the next match for sure. Yeah. Uh, if not, he or Can or Lungard probably will, uh, you know, be one of the other keepers that uh, you know will be considered. But I mean, you know, he kept the clean sheet uh, and had six saves, pretty much largely in really only one half. I mean, stands a few minutes uh, in that first half. So you know, uh, that's also a new Atlanta United CCL record. Uh, last season, Brad Guzan had five versus Matagua. But uh, I think also the uh, the best part of uh, our new uh, keeper that uh, a lot of people discovered, uh, of course, yes, he's on loan uh, from Lanus. He came in that deal with uh, Marcelino Moreno. But uh, yeah, Pesino on Twitter had a really, I think, astute tweet saying, Rocco Stash has earned a spot in the Atlanta United Pantheon alongside Tito's hair, Tito's thighs, Tata's sweater, Nagby's shoe phone, and Miggy's smile. Uh, I would add that uh, Joseph's scowl as well is uh, part oh, yeah. of that. <laughs> but, yeah, the uh, ice cold, the ice cold look that he uh, that he gives those that he is uh, that he is fathered. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. And, uh, but yeah, that stash uh, definitely adds some years onto uh, Rocco Rios Novo for sure. Uh, he he might look like uh, you know a little bit of a kid out there. I mean, he's only five eleven. It is uh, you know not exactly ideal in terms of size for a keeper, but uh, he looked every bit the part though. And uh, that stash also, I think, uh, just adds a little bit of that cachet, a little bit of that mystique to his uh, now cult status, uh, well, he for can't, sure. He can't shave it now. If he stays oh, with the team, he definitely can't shave hell it. Hell no. No. It's, uh, <laughs> if he does, pretty much, I think he will lose all his powers, I feel like. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, uh, that character, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember right now, but, you know, the longer his hair is, the uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. You can probably name it. Um, but the longer his hair is, the more power he has, right? All that type of stuff. Uh, so the longer, you know, Rocco's Rios Novo has that stash or grows it out, maybe uh, starts to twirl it, the uh, more powers hopefully he does have. But uh, anyway, uh, let's move on slightly uh, to our goal, which uh, came about through kind of some controversy. But uh, George Bello, he puts in a cross and... Uh, Alahuelense player is sliding across, trying to block it, but uh, yeah, I think seemingly blocks it with his hand because he's got it up near his face, but it in fact hits his face. There's no VAR, the ref calls penalty, and well, Chris, what'd you think of that call? What what did you initially think of it, and then, you know, what do you think of it I'll say I'm thankful for the good old days of, um, of football where there's no VAR at that point. Uh, VAR would have definitely overturned that, I think. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, when you... It's hard to say you can't put your arm up when you're sliding because of the way he was positioned. It wasn't as if his arm was like this. It was He was sliding, and it just happened that he pulled his arm... Um, he pulled his arm above his shoulder as he went down. So it... You know, it's a. It, it was more of a. I want to say it was bang bang, but it was. It was fast enough to where I can see why the referee gave it. But yeah, VAR would have definitely 
overturn that. But again, I'm not complaining. Um, I'm definitely not complaining. And yeah, it's... which uh, Atlanta United fan would? I mean, I think <laughs> at this point, uh, when you go down to 10 men and your keeper is the one that's out and you have an 18 year old in goal, uh, yeah, pretty much all hopes are pretty much, uh, yeah, they're very much in the back of your throat. You are just, oh dear. And, uh, but, you know, we get uh, fortunate a little bit. Barco uh, takes the ball away from uh, Licho Lopez a little bit, or he takes command of it. Uh, he's standing on the spot, and he puts it away in the bottom right corner. Uh, keeper does dive the right way, but, uh, yes, he, uh, you know, has taken count. our penalties in the past. Uh, what were you going to say? I said, they all count. It they was... all count. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Uh, but, yeah, Barco uh, does do it from the spot for us. Uh, nice little celebration as well. And, yes, uh, we lead 1-0. And uh, at that point, a lot of fans were probably going to wonder how we were going to do it. And, uh, you know, bunker or, uh, you know, continue to try to score a goal. Uh, I think you saw a little bit kind of a combo of that. I think we were sensible. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that it was... It was a fluid game plan, I think, throughout the second half. I mean, we started out on the we started out trying to press a little bit, maybe the first two or three minutes of that second half, try to keep them in the back, and then you know, as soon as it, it was clear they had possession, you saw everybody kind of backing away. Then after the after the penalty, it was more of a it was kind of more of a counter philosophy um, with not parking the bus, but just at least keeping um, you know six to seven back at all times and just trying to attack with the, the designated um you know forwards or wings um mm -hmm. you know a, a bar was very was very good um in the middle and in keeping a lot of the play for um um i would want to say uh keeping it mostly in front mm -hmm. of of us and the defenders it, it was very there are times when they got behind us, um, but not it's surprisingly, they, they got behind us more in the first half than they did in the second half. And so that was that was actually very nice to see. Um, it's just the change in mentality is nice to see uh, as the game is fluid. So I, I really like that last night. Yeah. And Sosa uh, was everywhere. He was, uh, you know, putting headers in. Uh, oh, yeah, in yeah, pretty much his positional sense is insanely good. And uh that's uh, something that is going to bode well for us uh, for a lot of the future matches. Uh, yeah, you were talking about Ibarra, and I think, yeah, his energy was something that uh, mm -hmm. is just something we've been needing. Our midfields uh, between them looks very stout, and Hyman uh, didn't look too bad either, spreading out some of the balls. Uh, and definitely, uh, I think props goes to uh, our defenders as well, and Miles Robinson and Anton Wonks. Uh, it's definitely some... Uh, very, very good numbers, uh, clearance-wise, interception-wise. Uh, definitely some of the ground duels that they won, and, and that as well. But also aerially, uh, Miles Robinson uh, won all of his aerial duels. Uh, won five of nine ground duels. And Anton Walks did uh, pretty well as well in that regard against some stiff competition. Pretty much, uh, if we haven't said, yeah, this team... He's pretty much undefeated since November, and we beat them with four teenagers on the pitch, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, 
basically, uh, you know, 25 games apparently undefeated. We were able to snap that streak for them. That's uh, not too shabby with 10 men for sure. So, yeah. you know, not too bad. And especially uh, as opposed to last year, we only had, uh, in terms of turnover in, in this lineup, uh, it's eight of elevens, uh, eight of the eleven uh, starters to, uh, last night on Tuesday uh, were starters from the 2020 roster, and so yeah, just a few signings can pretty much make a difference. Uh, I think you know you see it notably in our midfields that uh, it's just a, a new uh, reborn midfield for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, so you know. Let's give your your final thoughts on uh, Gabriel Hainsey's first match of his uh, his era. You know what uh, what are the biggest takeaways for you? Well, I I like the mentality of the team, um, and it's it's still it's just one game in one official game in I should say, um, but when we have the ball um, we're looking to attack with it, and when we don't have the ball when we didn't have the ball last night. We were looking to not hold the team, not hold the opponents to where they were, but we were looking to get it back. And I think too often last year, we were looking to hold the opponents to where they were as opposed to trying to get the ball back and make progress with it. And I think that's the biggest takeaway because, you know, we still didn't have, we just didn't have Joseph starting, right? And so, I mean, that changes a lot of the approach, Um, you know, I think that once we the team is um, you know that much closer to full strength, I'm really excited to see how how well we attack. But uh, even again, I'll, I'll say shorthanded. Um, as much as I as as much as we were mostly full strength, you know, like once again, I think once Joseph's back and we integrate him in there, we still have. And if and if the uh, the combo of uh, Sosa and Ibarra can can replace what we lost with with Nagby, um, then I think that we'll be in a really good position. And I and I'm I'm really excited to see what uh, what Heinze is gonna do once we have that. Yeah, and uh, you made a great point there. And something that we hadn't even alluded to or talked about yet was the return of the king, Joseph Martinez. Oh boy, uh, I think all of the Five Strike fam were absolutely ecstatic to see him on the pitch again. And, uh, yeah, he had a chance there in that second half. Uh, yeah, he was offside, but still, like, made almost a really, really good run to uh, get in on goal, which is uh, definitely the the type of uh, runs that you want to see him make and burst into space. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, very encouraging indeed. Also, need to give another shout out to Brooks Lennon as well. I think, uh, yeah, he oh, he created, was immense. Oh yeah, like, uh, and he was still energetic through the pretty much all ninety of those minutes, and uh, created a team high three chances, put in six crosses. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, definitely showed some good things uh, playing right back, you know. And uh, I think you you saw that, uh, you know, in possession, it was uh, definitely more that, uh, yeah, Sosa kind of split the center backs, but then also Bello kind of stayed back a little bit more too, I think more than usual. And so it allowed us to uh, to pretty much have a kind of right back optional type of uh, just let him bomb forward as much as possible type of thing. But uh, yeah, did we get away with one? Possibly, uh, you know, it was very gritty, gutsy. 
definitely, though, uh, kind of mirrors maybe those uh, maybe Minnesota United matches that were uh, really tough when we went down to 10 men and uh, were able to eke out the victory. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, this is up there on definitely maybe top five of our uh, best wins in our history in that sense because we, yeah, we we had to, we had to play four teenagers, <laughs> so yeah, and it's the first game of the Gabriel Hainsey era. Era, I mean, it's yeah, uh, it's hey, top Brooklyn. five for sure. I don't, I can't. Okay, I've heard talk about the uh, <laughs> the, Mount, the Mount Rushmore of Atlanta United wins. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if yeah. I can like pretty much fully or coherently, uh, you know, rank all of them right now, but it's in there. It's in the top five. Trust me. But. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, some last parting little uh, quotes from the match uh, was that uh, Hainsey was asked if uh, everything that happened in the final minutes of the first half, if he was surprised that Atlanta United earned the win, he said, quote, I'm not surprised at all. That's uh, ooh, that's <laughs> some like ice cold baller, uh, <laughs> just ice in his veins. He, he, uh, he expects this, and that's a, a really, really good mindset for sure. Uh, apparently, Hansei told Rios Novo that uh, to just enjoy the moments, and uh, yeah, despite him not having played a first division match in Argentina, uh, he said uh, that we didn't care about that; we liked him. So that's that utmost confidence that he has in his players that he puts out there too. I mean, that's uh, huge, huge, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. To leave it on this as well, Brad Guzan did uh, offer bit of an apology on Twitter uh, he said uh, disappointed to have been sent off but what a performance to grind out a hard-fought three points well done lads on to the home leg next week so yes indeed uh, on to that home leg where we got that crucial away goal and we kept them off the board what's your confidence going into that second leg and uh, does Rios Novo start for you uh, I don't see why not um I don't think that he did anything to hinder his chances. Um, it really just depends down on. It really just depends on how much uh, Heinze believes what he says, and um, you know, um, I think that he'll he'll have a very strong consideration to go ahead and play him. Um, but my confidence, you know, with eleven v eleven, it was you know we more than what we more we more than held our own. Um, I don't know if he'll use the same type of tactics in that leg since we're nursing a one no lead. Um, we might want to get the get a goal early, and I think if we can do that, then I think that we'll I think that we'll more than likely be able to see it out. But um, it'll I think it'll be tough because this was a good team that that um, that we played, and I think that they're going to feel very much harsh done by um, with the referees' decisions last last night, and they're going to come on fire. Yeah, and uh, definitely, yeah, they they came on strong in that second half. I mean, definitely uh, 17 shots to our six, ultimately. But uh, again, we were down to 10 men, and uh, we expected that. It was going to be a barrage of uh, direct play, and that's what they did. They weren't efficient in front of goal, and, uh, you know, we took our chance. And uh, that's, at the end of the day, that's football. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we played it better. We were more efficient. But uh, let's wrap up this match and let's 
pretty much wrap up the entire show except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, which player has you most excited for 2021? Let us know in the comments below. Could it be Santiago Sosa? Could it be the return of Jose Martinez? Could it be any of the other players that, uh, you know, maybe we haven't seen? Probably it's going to be the mustachioed man uh, in the comments. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. But uh, we're looking forward to your comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Chris, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Uh -huh.